Hello, Rachel. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Oh, God. What's that smell? I don't know. What's that smell, Rachel? Can you not smell that? Well, uh, let me just give it a good old college try sniff. Oh, brother, Rachel, did you crack one again on this podcast? That's the benefit of this being an audio medium. You can't smell how often Rachel's just doing toots, toots out her boot. You can't smell it, but I can. No, Rachel, this doesn't smell like one of your toots. Mm -mm. What is this? There's a big turd in the corner. Where, where, where? Like, like it, it, it's in the other corner, not with Larry Dottilio. In the other corner. Oh, baby's in that corner. Oh, wait, wait. Let me just have a look. Let me just move uh, Star Trek Discovery a... out of the way. No, 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 and, no, 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 no. Uh, I can't <laughs> see anything else in the corner, Rachel. No, um, no, It because it's Star Trek Discovery's shit. Wait, why is my hand all covered in shit after moving Discovery out of the way? Oh, my God. Ryan, no, no, no. I got it in my eyes. In. I got it in my eyes. You're desaturated <laughs> now. You're desaturated. Oh, oh my God. baby, baby. Oh, my God. Baby, oh, yeah, I'm desaturated. All right. So, Rachel, we're Yum Yum Podcast, or as some people call us on the internet, actually far too many people call us the Yum Yums, which I do not like, but also I do. I it's like because, it. well, I you know what I like about cute. it? Yeah, well, part of me is like, well, we never called ourselves the, the Yum Yum Podcast, we're just Yum Yum Podcast, but people are like, but they're the Yum Yums, <laughs> which is hilarious because we named ourselves after the a, a, a weird Iconic. Line, weird, bizarre, hilarious line of dialogue from Star Trek Discovery where Commander Nandi, we don't need to explain who she is. We all know that character. What a, where, I mean, where was she this episode? I, I, I cried when she didn't turn up again. She said yum yum uh, in one moment of this series and it was so hilarious again knee-slappingly funny that we named ourselves after it and the fact that people listen to this podcast with any amount of uh, uh, genuine interest to hear what we have to say but have to just barrel through us mentioning yum yum and rating things yum yum and talking about the yum yum moment and everything yum Mm -hmm. yum related and reminding people of this this incident in television is truly the gift of the podcast for me uh, that's truly the gift. Not having you to love rewatch. You to make people suffer. No, no, it's not even suffer. It's, it's just, it's just. They're <laughs> in on. Is not the right word. You they're love in to make on the me ex- suffer. You yumlings, you're in on the experience too. You know what it's like to be in my mind. No, yum yums bouncing around in there all the time. Yum 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 yum. And we're here to talk about Star Trek Discovery, yes. Rachel. We're on season the four. Galactic Barrier is where we're up to. This thing that's been in Star Trek forever. since forever. forever gets mentioned all of the time is 
this mm-hmm. limitation that mm-hmm. is placed mm-hmm. on Starfleet and the Federation. General we've life. We've just got we've got the four quadrants. Sure. Uh, and and, and, that's and we've never it. been out this far, so Star Trek Discovery blazing a trail yet again. People have tried. This episode is episode 10, The Galactic Barrier. It blazes a trail with a 5.8. Oh my god, it's so close to a 6. No, 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 that's out of 10 people, not 5.8 out of 5. No, 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 5.8 out of 10, just want to clarify. According to IMDb, the plot... The plot is as such. Captain Burnham and her crew must go where few have gone before. Who has gone through the galactic Beyond barrier? Beyond the galactic barrier. Meanwhile, Book learns the truth about what drives Ruon Tarka. Don't you, don't you. <laughs> you are started. so annoyed that he has a first name. And I don't. Did they even say it in this episode? Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> Either way, let's... Oh, but I do know that they say unilateral. And connect. Multiple times. And connect. Like, uh, like, connect, they say the theme all of the fucking time. I get that. But, like, why... They use the word unilateral twice because within a somebody, few minutes. Because one of and the writers... like, what the fuck? Get... Like, there's another do, synonym. Do, do, there's do, another synonym. Do you want an answer? Do you want an answer or not? I'm saying that they used it. Th- I understand that she they probably... want an answer. No. I, I believe I know the answer, which is they went, oh, that is a cool sounding word when they were looking for synonyms, and then they used it twice. Oh, yes. I was going to say no no one proofread the scripts. <laughs> um, that's, why things, but, that's why things repeat over and over Ryan, again. Ryan, I think it was... That's why no one said, hey, shouldn't there be a, an actual no. cold open in the episode, not just oh my God. two acts of a five-act structure service? Brian, I've misjudged it. Oh. I've misjudged it. I'm pretty sure the first person that says it is Michael, and they, like, she's saying Book was moved unilaterally on his own, mm-hmm. and then Book says that about himself because mm-hmm. even though they're on opposite sides... They're thinking alike. Oh, yeah. That's why. So who is... Not uh, lazy proofreading or lack hey, of proofreading. Hey, does that mean... It's to show that they're hey. still connected Connects the and theme. understanding of each other. That's the theme, too. Uh, actually, if we want to go down that road for a second, if we want to actually say what, if we actually want to take what you said at face value, like at actual, let's apply this to the writing, because I think there's merit to what you say. I know you're maybe joking around a little, but they could make an argument as writers yeah. that there's a mirroring there, and mm-hmm. Ruan Tarka is there for book, and on the other side for Michael, it's the president. And how do these influences affect one another? Where Tarka is influencing they, book, how and... are they responding mm. to the the situation? There's very clearly parallels between their two stories. I, in this yeah, point yeah, in the arc. All right, all right. I won't. I mean, we'll go there. I guess I'm. I'm not going to go all the way with you on this roller coaster ride. But we are going to get into this spoilers and all. So, people, if you've not seen all of Star Trek Discovery, you have been warned. I guess uh, Will Wheaton will make sure to tell you that you are going to be warned of spoilers oh, as yes. well. Make sure you're all caught up on Disco because we're heading into full spoiler territory. History relationship. 
Not all that complicated. I actually did remember this one. The whole thing? I remembered the whole thing. So I remembered the bubbles uh, in the galactic barrier. Thanks, Heisenberg. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Heisenberg. Can we, can we give it up to Heisenberg? I just like science. Thanks, Heisenberg. Thanks, Heisenberg. It uh, is cool. Oh, my Lord. It is so <laughs> cool. I Saru, love feeling feelings. Saru bringing it in with it is cool. I remember the... Can we thank Saru? Can we thank Saru? Everybody, remember when he had a character? Well, thank God he he has a love interest. Thank God he doesn't have one now. So I remember this for the space bubbles. I remember that being an absurd little detail where we have the galactic barrier, this big thing that has been at least established before. It is at least very important to this series in, in, in Discovery. So they've set this up and... You have this unlimited potential of what you could do. How do you break through this? Even explore why it's there. What's inside of it? And they machine gun fire through all of this techno babble. In fact, there's a point where Stamets is going to say the thing and Michael just goes, eh, will it work? Because they can't write it. No time for the metaphysics. Or the techno babble of yesteryear. Voyager yeah. would come up with absolute nonsense. But oh, fuck yes. They would at least say it. Make it sound like <laughs> there was something happening. No, they would at least, they would at least say it. They would at least say. Like, they would at least say what they were, like they would give the illusion that something actually was being progressed. That, that's the fucking bar. <laughs> say science. I... Stuff in your science yeah, yeah, Rachel, you're you're amused. This is the funniest uh, discoveries ever been for you. So the other part I did remember viscerally as well, where they were giving us the villain's tragic backstory, and it is the but he's not a villain. But it is the embodiment. What I was going to say is the embodiment of oh, cool motivation, still murder. That's his character of oh, cool motivation. I guess still. Still uh, going to hurt a lot of people, though, guy. You know, selfishly. Uh, I remember the Ruan Taka backstory. I was delighted by it that first time because this is the closest we've gotten to any development of a series long, a season-long villain in Discovery. Uh, it wasn't particularly... Uh, nuanced or thrilling, it was very generic and basic, but I applauded it at the time, and we'll see how that stands up after this, as this discussion goes along. What about you, the Galactic Barrier? I remember thinking that this episode looked utterly disgusting. And I still think that. Uh... (laughs) It's filth in Rachel's eyes. Like, it's just so fucking ugly. Like, the desaturation on the planet, and then when they're going through the galactic barrier, I remember various points of editing that caused confusion for me, or I was like, wait, are they doing that? Wait, they're doing that because it's lazy. That's why they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I should not be noticing this, but I am. Mm. 
Uh, and on this viewing, I thought that this episode was a gigantic turd. Wow. Uh, That's so different to how you've thought of others. It, it offended me in its stinky poo-poo-ness. It is so telling. It, it, it it's is... not even like the worst episode. Oh, but, no, no. But, but it gets no. under my skin for some reason. I have a potential answer for that. We'll get into it as we go. But I think it's so telling that the thing that you remembered from this, all of these months and months and months, almost a year later, is the technicals. You didn't really bring up the story or the fact that they're going beyond the realms that Star Trek has ever gone before. Oh, yeah. I remember no, no, the, no. It's about the, title the desaturation. Gives me that. Like- <laughs> you remember the awkward filming and the clunky editing and the technicals, which the fact that you remember the bad technicals mm-hmm. says it all. It says it failed to connect. Because there are bad Star Trek episodes of the past, technically. Like, there are many... I mean, the 60s show, from a modern standpoint, has a lot of technical shortcomings. But the story, or the writing, or those characters are gripping enough where you don't care. Yep. You don't think about how, oh, the balance of terror actually has some uh, blah, 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 blah when it comes to technicals. No, you don't give a shit. Because the story's so good. Yep. Here, there's no story for you to care about. So you remember those bad, awkward things when it comes to how it was visually executed. This does not feel like it should be a whole episode mm. in the strangest way. Because all of these things are, that are happening feel stretched. Uh-huh. Because it's all about the character drama. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just the cliff notes that will matter by the time that you get to the penultimate episode. Yeah. Because that's where shit really goes down in Discovery's season structure. Oh, yeah. A lot of the time, like, the concrete stuff happens in the penultimate episode and then is resolved in, like, the first half of the finale. Well, never forget that they give you all the things you want three or four episodes before the end. Yeah. And then piddle about. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I, wait, I repeat, repeat. Sorry, repeat. And then... I will not say that it gives me what I want. It gives me the answers to the season-long mystery. Okay. And you win. I, sometimes I don't want that. Um. No, you don't want it four episodes before the end and then you piddle Definitely. about and I sometimes I don't I don't I don't care. I don't care about the mystery. But regardless of that it feels like nothing happens in every single fucking scene. But the actor's performance and the music and the direction are telling me that these things are dramatic. No. No, news like this will spread faster than we can control. This this has to remain classified until... Telling them is my prerogative. Assembling this delegation was delicate work. Earth is home for so many of my crew. They deserve to know. You said that this episode gets under your skin, that it angers you a lot, but really... And you have, you have a theory? I have a theory, at least for why I feel similar. Now, 
in my relationship with this one, this is actually one of the ones I've enjoyed the most thus far in our rewatch of season four. Uh, but why it is a frustration for me, and I think this is maybe at the root of your problem, is it's compromised. I think that there is a, a, a an actual story here that they drain down the toilet bowl because they have to abide by the modern prestige television standard that they They're do. telling a discovery story. They are telling a discovery story because realistically what you could do here is a whole episode about Tarka. It gives us an insight into his character. We spend the time in his backstory and the present day with Mm -hmm. him and Book bouncing off of each other as a framing device. And maybe you can bookend it with the Discovery crew doing whatever they do. Or you have that lightly peppered in. But Discovery cannot compromise itself like that. It cannot have an episode that breaks the format. I have a pitch. They can no longer have the episodes like Lower Decks, no. the TNG episode that gave us, in in a way, the yeah. animated series that we have mm-hmm. now. They are unable to do that. They have to leave that for the short treks or uh, some audio crap that barely anyone knows exists or some books. This is a story that is fundamentally compromised because it is ever so clear to me what this should be but it is not allowed to be. And when I say not allowed, I mean they, the writing staff, do not even attempt to break the mold that they make this concoction in. So that is why, for me, this really angers me because it is such a clear example of an episode that would actually be effective. Yeah, and it goes back to the weird problem of Discovery that has too many ideas. But can I give you my pitch? Because I had this idea and I was like, ooh, I like this. And it's because do it's changing the structure of the episode and shuffling things around a little bit, you would be able to go into a lot of depth in both of these storylines. And it would be sort of a either a official double parter or a interconnected two episodes of like the covering the same time mm-hmm. of Taka going back to where he never thought he would he would go again um, because he's going into his past with book, even though he's been literally back to the place where you can change that so that like he never thought that he was going to go back to the work camp. Um, And then discovery going through the galactic barrier. Yeah. So one episode focuses in on discovery and one focuses in on the Tarka stuff and you really go into and play with the ideas of the paralleling. You and I would be showrunners because I had that down exactly. 
<laughs> that was my thought process too. And this how is how cool would that be? Like going like the idea of like the unknown being your future and your past. And you have it so you have a way of showing within one episode the difficulties that one uh, group has to break through the galactic barriers in terms of gathering the resources mm. but they're technically knowledgeable enough to yeah. break through it and the other where they have the resources mm-hmm. but they're not as super whiz as yeah. ruin taka so and they then... have more difficulties breaking through the barrier they have the means highlighting the like everybody coming to the table with their strengths and working together is mm-hmm. the best possible solution which is like part an essential part of the federation everybody working together and bringing their own special skills to the table and really highlighting and demonstrating how differences can be strengths because if they were working together they would have gotten through the barrier much faster mm-hmm. but instead discovery gets so fine pretty much like yeah. can i tell you why they do not write those episodes i actually have a, an answer right here written in text this is an imdb review that is the reasoning for why they do not do this anymore. I feel it like is this a, is going to make me scream, so just give me a second a, to push the mic No, 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 no. This isn't anger-inducing. This no, I think is I'm a just, genuine no, reaction from no, I somebody. Think it's just going to frustrate me. Three stars out of ten. They found time for Taka's backstory, is the title. During uh, They found time for Taka's backstory. During a time-sensitive mission whereby the fate of galactic civilization hinges? Seriously? That's the review. And that's why they don't write episodes like that anymore. Because Discovery, as we see in this, is always pushing, 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 pushing. But it's empty. Yeah. So when they do divert to character moments like Taka, which is the thing that we find the most valuable, Mm. it feels wrong because you have at the Mm. forefront of your mind, how can they waste time on this? Mm -hmm. When realistically, this is what time should be spent on. It's also like the logistics of the timing of things and the way that the editing works to suggest how like things are lining up between the Discovery stuff and the Taka stuff mm-hmm. on the planet. So it's just like the, only this long has passed and then we, yes. we're going back to Taka and we're here with this quiet story. Quiet story, but then... And then we y- cut to a bombastic time- story. Not just that. That's I was gonna go go to that later, but the fact that it goes down to Taka, and then it goes into a flashback, and we have no idea of how much time is passing in the flashback. In the flashback, other than he just says it in dialogue. Yeah. Uh, yeah other yeah. Than, like so, Taka explaining it to Book as we see it as a flashback, and how long that's taking 
in relation to what's happening at Discovery. I agree. So there like this episode is a fucking mess structurally it, it's and it's only exacerbated by the editing in this episode. You also have an episode where it encapsulates every episode the story is good enough where if we did want to share the time between them breaking through the galactic yeah. barrier and Tarka doing his thing, that's enough. But they have to raise the stakes within that. Mm. So, oh, no, Earth is going to be in danger mm. as well. Oh, no. Oh, no. And Earth, Nirvana, Titan, uh, yeah. all going to be fucked. That is an added element so that they can have the sting at the end where there's even more. Because it needs more. to, it needs to be more personal. So, because Michael is the center of the universe, and she's only had two homes, so it means that they both have to be in danger for her to be more like book. In the end, they raise the stakes to make it feel more personal, but by doing so, galaxy. But by doing so they are actually making it more distant because the things that could be actually hard-hitting, such as Tarka's story, which is one of a villain who is driven by not revenge, not a sense of ego or power, regret, but regret. Something that is a deeply... He's actually a deeply human villain, even though I know he's not a human, but like you know what I'm saying. But since... Their version of what personal is is the stakes. When his version comes in, it is unwelcomed by these three-star reviews. And even by fans of Discovery. I am friends with some other podcasters who are far more into Discovery than we are. And they did not... Like, many of them do not like Tarka. Many of them do not like this episode. His backstory. Because of similar reasonings and you don't feel sympathy for him and uh i disagree i felt something for him in part and that is where the issue lies it should not be in part it should be more full than that it's in part because they're cowards (laughs) they are too cowardly to do a full episode of the villains origins and background and maybe pepper in the main crew. They don't know how to do that. They're unaware, they're cowardly, they refuse. And it hurts this story. Looking for another sign? Statistically, anything's possible. So, I built my own transporter. Trying to find the power to make it work. It's taken years. And the DMA's power source should have more than enough. So that's it. That's who you're dealing with. Let's talk about the things that are taking up the space. Uh, Saru is in love. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that takes up a few minutes. Yeah. Where he asks, uh, do you know a name yet? Vulcan Navarre president, do you? Tarina? Yeah, yeah. Tarina. Oh, I got it right. Tarina, I'm pretty sure. And if we're wrong, I don't care. I'm like, um, it's not Tina. It's sci-fi. It, it either has to be a T or an S name because 
Vulcans mm. all start with T or S. Tuvok, Spock, Tapring, Topol, Sarek, Cybok. You're not getting a Fred. I want Vulcan Fred. I want I want the mashup mm-hmm. of Drop Dead Fred Rick Bale as Vulcan. Oh, man. I want that. I heard that exists somewhere. You know if Rick Bale ever was in Star Trek, if there's one role I would have cast him in, and this is not to say that the person who did this role was bad, they're actually pretty excellent. I would have had him in the Voyager episode, The Thor, Thor, which is the one where they have to meet the embodiment of fear, and it's that evil mm. clown played by Michael, uh, uh, um, played by Michael McKean. He, he was excellent yes, in it, but yes. Rick and Mel would have been great. See, we're already diverting from the Saru storyline, because there is no story. There is no story. Um, it's just, we've got it a does, does lead us to the only Hugh scene in this episode, oh, I we believe. Got, we gotta, we got to hold that for the Huda, Rachel. we got to hold that um, for the Huda. We've got a whole section about that. We can't blow a load now. No. Um, so we have that, that like, little plot that's, like, those beats that are part of a plot that's happening over the course of several episodes. And we also return to another plot like that, which is uh, Adira's back on board. Hey, Adira. Great to see you. Now, let's be cringe. Yep. Paul just is... Overbearing dad. Hashtag cringe, Paul. Hashtag cringe. He's overbearing. Mm-hmm. He's he's Super really... Super proud? And that's a sin. And he is... Uh, uh, he is apologetic about this. He is self-aware enough to know that he stepped over that boundary. They have a conversation about that. He is this thing. Weird that... interaction with Michael after it happens mm, as well. Well, Michael like... was awkward about it because she was yeah. hashtag there, hashtag blessed. And this is a show oh, where if they said if they said hashtag in it, would you raise an eyebrow even? No. Exactly. I want to say that the. Paul and Adira stuff, I actually found substantive. It's sweet. I didn't say that. I'm saying... (laughs) I'm not. I disagree. I'm saying that the idea of him being re... The idea of him being like just reflexive and reactionary with the way that he's stepping into that parenting role and being too much the opposite of what his parent was like. Yeah. Like uh, that's an idea that's done to death, but it's, I think sweet that he wants to make sure that he doesn't make the same mistakes. This is a substantive thing, but it is not real in terms of narrative. There is an alternative universe which we can power up a teleporter to get to where you have these exact same scenes, but in between the scenes... 
you have what we in the industry call a plot. Because this is so clearly yearning for a plot to fill out these moments where, say if we have that second episode where it is about the, them breaking through the galactic bar- the barrier to mirror this first episode about Tarka and his backstory and how it's propelling him into going into the barrier, barrier to get more power. In that second story where Discovery is having to do all of the stuff that we see, you have a story within that of Paul pushing Adira too hard and too fast and reverting to not only being that cringy, awkward father figure, mm. but snapping into that uh, Taskmaster boss. Jerk Taskmaster boss. Because he's too afraid of what they talk about. And we have to see Adira, who is now just a young cadet, having to try and please this father Ensign. figure. Are they an ensign? I thought they were cadets. Ensign, mm. sorry. I'm believe I, I, I have no opinion, uh, but you're right. You're right. I thought, oh, either way, it does not matter to me. It is them having to work through mm. trying to get the job done to be the best, but also to please their father figure as well as come to terms with what's going on in their own life. Yeah. In amongst all of the running around techno babble, oh no, the transport and the reflected dish is gone and that's a storyline. That's something that you would have see. Have it the like it starts off that that they're okay with how much Stamets is pushing them because they're trying to distract themselves from missing Grey. Yeah. And then coming to the realization that they do of actually it's not so bad that we're apart because now I get to tell him mm. all about this because he's not here. He doesn't get to experience this, but there's a joy in sharing a really unique and exciting time in your life with somebody that you care about. You said all of that with a smile forming on your face because you were building something there and there was something being created and something was formed. That cannot be said about what we did get with these two characters in the episode. We came up with a hypothetical. We just off the cuff wrote something because what is here is lackluster unearned the actual ends are good the actual meat of this is good but there is nothing there nothing it means nothing within the episode and it means nothing within the season Mm. like this changes Mm. nothing Changes nothing about the two characters, changes nothing about their relationship, changes nothing about the events and the larger plot. It means nothing on every single level of consequence. Yeah, and you- other than like anything longer term than in the moment. I have to stop myself. I'm I'm pinching myself because I keep coming up with brilliant parallels one could create, but they did not. I was going to say, hey, wouldn't there be an interesting idea within this of how Tarka is looking for somebody who has gone 
the longest of distance one can, another dimension, another reality, and Adira is now going the farthest away one can in their universe, which is beyond the galaxy. And you know what? You could do something there. You know what else you could do with that? The fact that Paul and Hugh form a model for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a great way you can bring that back They were separated into. by death and the mycelial network, but they found their way back to each other, mm-hmm. and they're stronger and better off for that experience. And the fact that Adira has that positive role model leads them down a certain path, mm-hmm. whereas... Obviously, with Tucker, he doesn't. He's grabbing it at straws and he's desperate and full of regret since he's being fueled by a negative emotion. Mm. It regresses him, whereas Adira grows because it's coming from a positive place. And she is influenced by people who have... They. Yes. What did I say? She. Okay, they are being influenced by people who have f- have found something, while Book, he is lost. So he is a negative influence and yeah. getting negatively influenced by Tarka because they are a toxic you, relationship. You do something with Book dealing with the stuff about his dad because mm-hmm. you brought it up in that other episode. And they brought it into this episode. Uh, yeah, and they bring it up again here. I was actually, actually happy with how they brought it up. Actually, like, if this was, like, if the Tarka stuff was a whole episode, to, like, build on that idea more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 100%. We are, we are the showrunners now for Star Trek Discovery. Put us in charge. I, I, I don't know how to actually write a script, but I can come up with fucking structure for you guys, because that is what is severely lacking. The... Structure of this episode is abysmal. Fifteen Fuck. minutes in, you we get the titles. The, no. Fourteen minutes and thirty-two seconds, Ugh. we get the opening credits. No, no that, cold open. It, that is that cold long. open is that long. You forget that it's even a cold open. You do. You do. There's a reason in television, specifically television of this variety. If we're going to be Hyper specific. There's a reason the cold opens exist. There's a reason that they go for the lengths they do. There's a reason why they're structured the way they are. Because we are sitting here tuning in, going, okay, what is the story this week on Star Trek Discovery? You need to punch the audience right away. But instead, they meander to the point in which I could not tell you once the opening credits start. What the thrust will be because we have no. four different thrusts. Oh, oh, um, you need to have a quick, punchy opening. And when I say quick, I don't mean two minutes no. or two seconds. You need it to feel it. You know what you it's need much it more to like? Bring the audience in. It is much more like where a chapter finishes in a book than a cold open of a TV show. Innumerable worlds are counting on us to make first contact and ensure Species 10C stops the DMA before it can do any more harm. It won't be easy. But with this crew, with these leaders and delegates united, 
I know that we'll succeed. Black alert. Let's fly. The, desa the desaturation thing, which you have a major issue with. I did not have an issue with the actual aesthetics of it as much as I think you did. You were saying it made your eyes hurt and you found it disgusting to look at. I think that they used it wrong. I Personally, this is how I would have used it. I would have only have used it for Tarka and Book on the planet now. Yes. And then when they cut back to the past oh, and his romanticized version of things or his looking back fondly on that relationship that he had, that's where it's more colorful and we see that there was more there. But now the base is this desolate wasteland. It's is emptied out, scavenged place. But they also use the same style of desaturation for the galactic barrier when they enter the little bubbles. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. So you are looking at it looking at it now from a purely aesthetic purpose rather than one of intent. Because yes, there's an internal logic to the yeah. desaturation with the discovery going into the bubble, but the fact that it's the same style which has not been used in the show before as the one that Tarka has on that planet there is no re rhyme or reason no, to that. They just had a cool effect legitimately, that day. Legitimately. I was like, oh, they found an effect in their editing software and then were testing it out and applying it to all of the scenes. And then they were like, oh, it kind of works with these things. Like, fuck off. They did an episode. There was an episode of Farscape that we both really enjoyed where it was a flashback episode. We learned a lot about the characters and how the pilot was installed on, on the ship. And they, in their flashbacks, had a very strange and uh, very specific desaturated, almost sepia-toned look to it. And you read it, they did that on purpose. They, like, fucked around with the color filtering and the post-process area of the making of the show. But there yeah. was a rhyme and reason to it. Mm. So it gave it this... Purpose? Uh, purpose, and this uh, This is what the past is. There's a reason for it. Now, it wasn't the most visually pleasing, no. but it made sense. It doesn't... It doesn't have to be visually pleasing all of the time. No, but Discovery has been a very ugly show many times, and weirdly enough, its ugliness mm. has been memorable. The blue yeah. planet, the yellow oh, planet, like, we remember season them. Season one. Season one. Ugly show. Ugly show, but memorable. <sighs> yeah, from yeah. From its, its visual standpoint. It's distinctive. You remember all the shots of people's eyes, or oh. zooming through windows, or... Spinning around and around and around. So Here, so this many. episode does not even have that. It is just oh, there are some bubbles that There's give a us a desaturation. Lack That's it. Of Dutch angles. Congratulations, guys. They're still there, but not as many as they used to be. They're now on equal with the Adam West Batman show. So congratulations, guys. Well done. Well done. Congratulations. Keep it up. Congratulations. Congratulations! 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 
Congratulations. 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 Let, let, let's get to the Burnham stuff. But I want to talk about the editing in a very specific moment in the Burnham stuff. Okay, a specific moment of editing. Yes. Okay. Which is actually more to do with President Relic. Oh, okay. What's she got going on? So. Because she's tagging along. Yes, she is. Um, So. It's weird that David Cronenberg started this episode. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then he looked at the camera and said, I have other things to do. I can't attend. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then the characters looked at him and said, "What could be more important than this?" Which is a great question. And David Cronenberg looked at the camera and said, "Well, I've earned enough money from this now that I can start pro- shooting my new film that will be coming out soon. So I've got to get to that, guys. See ya." And then he took off his tie and he was getting changed that on the set. Tie. And they're like, "Bye, David Cronenberg. <laughs> Take one of our cast members with you. Bye." And then Bye. they both flew off together. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But you were saying there's an editing moment with President Rillick who's joined the Discovery crew because. Oh, fuck. Okay. So I may be the only person in the world who has this problem with Discovery in this particular episode, but I fucking do. And I am co-host of this podcast, so I get to talk about it as long as Ryan doesn't decide to cut this he has that power to shut me up i do um so when president relic is giving her speech which one the one where she's announcing that the dma is on the moon. soon going to endanger navarre earth and titan mm-hmm The end of that speech, the way that it's edited, is confusing to me because it doesn't end on a shot of her speaking. It ends on other people's reaction shots and then it fades into music. Mm. So it's very unclear for me as somebody who's film literate in some ways, mm-hmm. was that the end of her speech or was that the fade out because nobody's paying attention to the rest of the message because they're all starting to think about who they could potentially lose. Right, yeah. Because they, we don't get the shot of her saying that. We don't get whether it's the end or not and it doesn't cut back to her it cuts around to all of the crew and then to a new scene. I didn't even consider this. I so didn't I'm even like, what the fuck this? is happening here? Has this ended? Oh, okay, it's over now. And that's because of the editing. You know, I I used to pick these things up like you. <laughs> yeah. And I know why I didn't, because I know why I didn't today. It's in my notes. I was beaten into submission. They had so many speeches in the Michael plot. 
It's so many speechifies that by the time they got to a new speech, I just took it as it was as uh, Discovery's just saying things again, and none of it is actually saying anything. Mm -hmm. Words are being said, but nothing is being meant. Mm -hmm. And so when they have these weird editing decisions or uh, or how they present it. I haven't even questioned it because I have stopped questioning why they have the speeches so many times. Oh, yeah. But now I don't even question why do they present them the way that they do. (laughs) Yeah. So I just don't... You didn't care enough to pay It's not even that I don't care. It is... They have dumped that part of my brain down where I don't even see it anymore. Because that's just the show. That's just the show now. But like now that, that is where that, it is. Like... Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure if I ever looked at that again, I would agree even like, more it's just with like, you. What the fuck is going on here? This is so basic. It's emotions. It, yeah, it's about yeah. the emotions. It really is. Like that's just what it's about. And that's this plot. Because you would think breaking through the galactic barrier would be difficult and would contain something that would be explored and told in a story for 45 minutes, but it really isn't. It's really quite small. It is just them flying from one bubble to another yeah. and having to wait out. And in and, between... But, but different problems get thrown at them and they overcome them. Just like that. I was going to say to you, different problems. Did you feel them though? No. For a show that's about feeling, did you feel the problems? Didn't feel any weight. I just felt angry and annoyed and frustrated. Because I'm like, you could have been somebody, Discovery. You could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what you are. This reminded me of Booby Trap, uh, the Geordie LaForge episode of TNG, where in terms of you have our characters stuck in a situation, uh, uh, but why why I say it reminds me of this is in terms of one that did this well and one that fails. Geordie LaForge episode, Booby Trap, is a character piece. The actual Booby Trap is irrelevant. Uh, in terms of narrative thrills, yeah, it is a simple trap in which the Enterprise is stuck in this area where a previous ship also got stuck and died, mm-hmm. and the solution is to turn all the power off and drive it yeah. out manually. But the journey in amongst all of that is about the character of Geordie LaForge yes. realizing that he has to be true to himself. And it is a powerful episode. It's not a a personal favorite of mine, but it is one that I remember. And this is a similar thing where the breaking through the galactic barrier is just a thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing. They drive from one bubble to another. But if the ship antics were far more real, Mm. real in terms of the soul, Mm. then... And I much would, would have to change for that to be true. Because in the booby trap episode, you do cut to Riker and Picard doing the, okay, now this is what we do here. Have we tried this maneuver? And we're going to shoot here. And what do we do here? And that is aiding and propelling 
the general uh, machinations of the thrills and wonder of the sci-fi danger in that plot. But really, that is not the story. Here, the Galactic Barrier, this side of it, the thrills of what is in this barrier and how Mm. do we break it is not the story either. But what is? It is, oh no, we found out Earth is next. Do we tell the crew? And I don't know why that is paired with breaking through the galactic barrier. I have no real reason other than because we could put it in here now. I have another pitch for you. So, instead of doing the two episodes, you do get, like, you get them going into the galactic barrier at the same time, but during the, during the journey through the galactic barrier, time is all weird. Yeah, you're coming up with a science fiction plot, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they're like swapping and living each other's memories and like book gets transplanted into Taka's version of the past Mm. and learning the backstory through that and Taka doesn't want him to know Mm. that because he doesn't want book to know really why he's doing it. So instead of Taka opening up, it's book... Opening. Opening up. Old wounds. Old wounds. But then play in the empathy card. You know what? And I mean this with my full heart. The fact that the Discovery team didn't do that is really surprising. Because I must admit, I hate it, that idea. But it rings true for this series. (laughs) Because I can already see how they would do that. I see how they would present yeah, that. Yeah. I see the emotional beats of it, the characters' arcs of it. I, I do not want that, but I see okay. them doing that. No, no. And I don't mean to be rude to you. I, that there is a discovery story. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't do that here is actually rather telling. It's too sci-fi. It's not even that it's too sci-fi, but the they would write, override it with the emotion and the empathy and the, oh, I'm learning and, oh, we're not so different, you and I. And no, yeah. I don't want you to. It would be monsters in Star Trek Picard uh, where they go inside of his brain and, no, you can't do that. Uh, that's what it would be. And that's why I reject it. But <laughs> you, you reject it. I, because I reject it your idea. True. Sorry, the showrunners have a disagreement on <laughs> this particular episode script here. I, I, but 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 here's the thing, I said to you issues that I had. You pitched me something else because talking about the Michael Burnham side of the Galactic Barrier is listless. Can we just talk about the Tarka stuff? Let's talk about the Tarka stuff. Like we we keep on going back to it because it's the stuff. Before we recorded, I said to you, I want to talk about the Tarka stuff first, and you're like, no, no, we always go the littlest to the biggest. And I was like, okay, but I just feel like we want to dive into the Tarka stuff, and here we go. Ryan was fucking Ryan, like Tarka, baby. I'm a genius and an asshole, but a genius nonetheless, but an asshole. Talk to me about Tarka. What's going on? What's his? Tragic backstory. He 
was given an opportunity to get his freedom. And that involved befriending a fellow scientist. And prisoner. And prisoner of the Emerald Chain. And finding out what he was secretly working on. And then snitch on him. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. But then along the way, he actually became friends with the guy that he was going to snitch on. And then feels really bad when he runs away and leaves him behind. Yeah, because they were going to use a teleporter, a transporter to go to another dimension where mm-hmm. things are better. Yes. And they grew this friendship Home. over time and implied maybe subtextual relationship that is maybe more than platonic. It's not said, and I don't mind that. No, I it's like that. It's up for your like, interpretation. They're, they're close and a bit cuddly when they're doing the computations, and it's just mm-hmm. like you can read something into that or you can't, or, or you don't. This is uh, for a villain origin, it's not the newest thing. Nope. It's not groundbreaking. Nope. But- it doesn't need to be. Nope. It needs to be functional and compelling. Mm-hmm. Because, realistically, a lot of Star Trek villains haven't had the most wowzer backstories, but they've had functional and compelling reasons. Khan, in The Wrath of Khan, has a very functional and understandable and riveting reason to be an asshole. But it's not the most wowzer sci-fi. It's not like groundbreaking villainy, but it's it's just it's solid. And Taka, to me, I actually rather like. It's again that actor brings so much to it. But I really enjoyed how it was a quiet, slow story, but they just boiled it down. That's its flaw. Give me a full 45 minutes where we explore this and we get a full episode. Let it be. I really do miss those episodes of of sci-fi television where we just do that. The Orville, for all of its faults, season three gave us stuff like this. They gave us a whole Kalon backstory episode. They gave us a whole episode about this character or that character and their reasonings and their motivations and da-da-da-da-da. On we go. That's a new series, say. Old series-wise, we have so many that we can draw upon. Uh, Heck, I don't know why, but there's that Voyager episode. This isn't. Mm-hmm. This is a. This is a little bit off the beaten path. But okay. there's, that, there's that Voyager episode where Chakotay and Janeway get stranded together, mm-hmm. and they're on the, like that kind of jungly planet, mm-hmm. and it's the most will they, won't they ever, oh, and then. God. But it's a rather. I actually rather like that episode. Yeah. But but, but there's the moment where it's like that episode. Are they about to alone. kiss? And then she's like, "Oh look, I'm a little look, a little creature," and she points at a monkey, and then she mm-hmm. gets distracted. Yeah. I would like episodes like that where they're bottle episodes or we are just focused in on one thing. You can do that in serialized shows. You, you can. can do that in large ensemble shows. You are able Discovery to do that. There's is no excuse. Too chaotic. 
It wants to be too chaotic. I'm not saying a whole 45-minute long episode would make Taka the greatest adversary ever, but it would make him in Discovery Mm. because they don't do that. No. I I would have loved to have seen the brutality of his imprisonment, but they don't show us it. No, we just see the, the good moments. And the one bad moment. Yeah. And the hints of bad moments. So, but you don't see them being beaten and, and broken. Or, well, that sense of or you, isolation. Even the, like, the scene where it's just like, oh, they see each other's literal scars that the chain has left them with and mm-hmm. the metaphorical things and the trauma. and, and I the- needed time to dwell so that I could actually get that sensation of what these two have lost and their sense of isolationism to the point in which they would rather mm-hmm. want to run away to a different dimension where things could be better. And what they meant to each other because of that. Like, it's it's very easy shorthand to have characters go through a traumatic experience together and thus they're the best of friends. It's it's really not complicated. Shows, books, movies, Star Trek have been able to do this. We would never get the inner light. Not just because of quality, but they would never think to just be that no, single-minded well, in their approach to storytelling. No. They would do the inner light as a a C plot. Like, they would do that plot as a minor C plot in amongst 14 other things. I grow weary of how they absolutely waste so much, so much stuff here. Because this was my favorite episode, one of my favorite episodes we watched in Discovery Season 4, because I actually felt something... There were whiffs or whiffs of genuine humanity and emotions and something compelling A from story. this Tarka from this Tarka stuff, but it didn't become a full meal. I could not sustain myself on this. Uh and it is really sad because there's no excuse. The Strange New Worlds also exists now as a point of comparison. Mm. They managed to do these things. Yeah. I still think they they have issues and they still have things to Far iron out. Perfect. But they but that series proves that Discovery is Could be better. <laughs> inept. <laughs> One thing that Episodic does give you that was so extraordinarily delightful about TOS is the opportunity to leverage tone slightly more significantly than you can in serialized because in serialized it's all of a piece and so to pull up and become a little bit lighter or to drop down and become a little bit darker has to be far more measured Mm -hmm. than it was in tos or as we hope to do in strange new worlds where the stories can surprise you not just about where they go but how they get there talking about being inept 
Oh, Hugh Colber is a character we like right to out of talk mouth. about on this series. A character that's been ineptly handled by the writers yes. continuously. He is great at his job. And he smiles and nods. He's, He's great character. at his multiple jobs that he has now. It's time for the Huda. Where we talk about Hugh Colber, what he did in this episode, what we noticed about him, what we learned about him. And mm-hmm. what we learned is uh, he really likes Paul's blue eyes. He was in counselor slash friend mode. He had one scene mm-hmm. that did not really serve much. It yeah. is just a, we have the actor on contract. <laughs> uh, it was have a mid. Also because he's been Saru's support. He's the one that pushed Saru to ask Tarina out or, you know, to respond to her dinner invitation because it was her that asked him out in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's linking back, back up to that. Yeah, it is linking back up to that. So and it's, it's building on that, and then we get the little anecdote mm. to illustrate how things can be messy at the beginning. And I don't think that that was a good anecdote to show that. <laughs> well. I want to play devil's advocate here. And, well, not devil, I don't know. I I feel like there's a much better... Would it work? Would it work? <sighs> Would that same moment work if we had a more in-depth understanding and knowledge of Hugh and Paul's relationship? If they were the couple we want them to be in this series at this point, and he shared that moment there, would you complain? I I think I still would. Okay. I think I still would because it's just like there are, like everybody has like cute stories from the awkwardness that comes when people are first coming together, not just, oh, I was stressed and they were stressed. He should have said, oh, when Paul and I got together, it was a little awkward because I was being a little emo bitch because I came back from being a mushroom man and he had a piece of shrapnel in him and then we went to the future. You were there, actually, Saru. It was a little awkward when we got back together then and really connected again, but we did it in time and space. It would actually make that shit Mm -hmm. feel like it matters because I keep forgetting it actually happened. Yeah. You had a good chuckle from me. You said this statement at some point off offhandedly you you said uh remember when we thought Hugh had more to do this season than any other <laughs> yeah i was thinking about that uh i think about that a lot during our conversation because mm-hmm. he, he has he had more to do we're near the end of the season now we've got three episodes left has he actually had more to do i'm gonna go with no it's different stuff this time. Is it? But, or has he just got a different title? He's got a new title for it. He didn't have these many issues with his job before. Didn't he? That was a part of season two's arc of what am I, my job or my love? And he was all, I'm going to quit 
being in Starfleet and leave and everything. That was more Stamets. Yeah, but it was also relating to his job because I'm a yes, new person. Am I a doctor? Old... Am I a boyfriend? Yes. Am I a this? It's hard to say. I, okay. Okay. You got me. It's just because he's more focused on being a counselor than a regular doctor. I think that there has been. Not more to do, but more emphasis on his existence. But even that is really charitable on my part because if we didn't have the Hudar section, I would not have he. he, I would not have even brought his character up in our discussion. Like I didn't bring up how Owo said she wanted to go here and Reese said he wanted to go there. I didn't bring any of that stuff up because that was Detma. That was Detma. I didn't bring them up well, because... Well, I wanted to go with... Of course. Yeah, of course, they they um, should be gay together. These coward writers do it. You gave a, a hearty chuckle at my comment when they were going through that scene of when I was like, oh, Detma, I'm so glad that you cured your PTSD by driving real fast. Otherwise, driving through the galactic barrier just would have been so much for you. Could have been triggering. <laughs> uh, I give this episode on our rating system of yum being bad, yum yum being good. I give our discussion a yum yum. Yum yum. To be egotistical like the writers of Discovery, uh, I joke, of course. I give this episode, though, a yum. Yum. By default, I give it a yum. Yum. Is this your least favorite episode of the season? Not saying it's the worst episode, but is your your least favorite? Yeah. I found n- pretty much nothing redeemable about this episode because even the parts that I thought that had potential just made me angry. Like... Sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's a discovery idea or whatever. But for some reason, the combination of the structural issues, the editing issues that I have with it, like the stylistic choices and other people might enjoy them. I did not. Um, I didn't enjoy the performances, partially because the visuals were so distracting, but also because it's just so goddamn melodramatic and unearned and they keep on thinking that I give a shit when I don't and that makes me think that it's shit even more. Well, Rachel, Rachel, you think this is poo-poo? I do. Very different different to how you feel about other episodes. I think this episode is a giant fucking turd. Uh, do you think next week will be any better? No. It's rated lower. This was Yay. one of the highest rated episodes of season four that we just watched, by the way. Five point. I know. And I get why people like it. I don't. I mean, yes, I do. I do. Um, it's one of the ones I've been more compelled to give a mm. yum yum, but I can't on basic principle. Uh, so next time on Star Trek Discovery, we'll be looking at season four, episode 11, Rosetta which uh, has a 5.3, as I have stated. The synopsis, according to IMDb, goes as such. While Captain Burnham leads an away mission to a planet that was once home to the aliens responsible for the DMA, 
Book and Taka secretly infiltrate the USS Discovery. Oh, oh that storyline goes places. That storyline goes places. As you people listening to the podcast, you can go places too, such as any of our social medias. We are on pretty much all of the platforms under Yum Yum Pod or Yum Yum Podcast. Feel free to give us a follow on there. Interact with us uh, with us on there. Shout at us, praise us. Uh, you can message us over at yumyumpod at gmail But if you want to message us on Discord, you have to sign up for our Patreon, where we have a private Discord server that you get to access, as well as. So much content. We have a lot of content happening on our Patreon. We talk about movies on there, TV shows. We're going through the uh, science fiction series Space Above and Beyond one episode at a time. If you have not seen the series before but you've been meaning to give it a watch, come on over because Rachel hasn't seen Space Above and Beyond before, so we're talking about it uh, non-spoilery, but I have seen Space Above and Beyond before, so if you have seen the series before and you kind of want a little bit more of a layered viewpoint on it as well, uh, Patreon is where you can get to that. If you have not rated and reviewed the show, what are you doing? You cowards? You, what are you, what are you, fools? We, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can talk to you anymore if you haven't done that. It's it's super easy now, even on Spotify, Mm. of just going in. You clickety-clack with your fingers or whatever. a tap and a tap and a tap and you should be there. You should be there already, but you can be there now and I will forgive you. Oh, I can forgive, but I cannot forget your crimes. That is all, Rachel. A pleasure. What was the yum-yum moment for you? The moment of the episode that stood out as particularly bizarre, abstract, very in line with the yum-yum moment from the season two finale. I thought I was going to throw out my lunch, and I had a curry. (sighs) That's a good one. Thank you. That's a great answer. Thank you. I can't top that. I I I was gonna say just the 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 overall interaction between Paul and Michael after the the Adira incident, but that that tops it. Thank you very much. <laughs>